It's Unnecessary Roughness, live from Radio Row in Arizona, brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow and the 215. Butker's kick is up, the spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! Attention, air traffic control, a flock of eagles is heading to Arizona. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We have made it. We are on site and we are on the air. We're feeling good about ourselves. After a very busy morning here at the Phoenix Convention Center, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton by my side. I'm Q Myers. And man, Damon, it's been a morning, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a morning. It's been a day. I was already. I was talking to Wyatt over with the Raiders, and I said, man, I can use a nap. <laughs> already, I, yeah, I told, already, it's, it's and it's just now showtime. It is now. It's only two o'clock. It's two o'clock Pacific time. We we live in two zones now. We live in mountain time where we are physically, but in our radio world, we're in Pacific time. So it's two o'clock. Uh, back in the home studios, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios. My man Bobby Machado is making everything go. We do appreciate him and all his efforts. But man, it has been a heck of a morning. We've been very busy, and today is just a calm day. Today is the calm day, and, and I'll tell you, I like to take everyone behind the scenes. I want everyone to experience what we experienced. We arrived here a little bit late last night. We were uh, supposed to get here before 5 o'clock local time, and we started driving, and we got on the road a little bit late, and so we didn't arrive here until about 5.45, and she said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and take a chance and see if we can go get our credentials and go get set up. And, Damon, how happy are we that we were able to get our credentials Last second, we were the last of the Mohicans, right? We were the last two cats in there to get our credentials. Yes, we were. And, you guys, let me, we're going to take you behind the curtain a little bit more. We step up. They say, hey, stop behind the red line. Okay. <laughs> There's no line, but we'll stop behind the red line. Right. They scan our face, and the woman, she goes, Damon? And I say, yes. And Q? Facial yes. recognition. Facial recognition, guys. The future is here, all right? The future is here. And what makes it even better, and I could do this now because you are credentialed, to get a credential, and it says it on every wall in the place, you have to have your government-issued ID. So just because I'm, you know, put my business fa- out there, father. Like no, I am. But father <laughs> of the year, I look at Demond as we're walking to the credential booth, and I say, "Hey, man, you got your uh, your ID on you, right?" And he goes, "Nope, don't have it." <laughs> it's like I thought he was joking. Demond, were you joking? No, not at all. <laughs> So Ooh, then, who was a cucumber? So then I start panicking, and I think in my mind, I was like, "Well, this is not going to fly. This is not going to work. Like, you're not going to be able to get your credential, no matter how much I vouch for him and how much you may look like the guy on that on that credential. They're not going to give it to you. But because we arrived late, and because we went into the facial recognition line instead of the actual media credential line, they thought I don't know who they thought we were, but they said, "Oh yeah, go ahead, you can come up right here," and they did the facial recognition. And they pulled the names. They never once asked for either one of our IDs. And so we're good. And so now, Damon, you're here. Yeah, I'm here. Q. You know, I, I know they would have they said it could have, should have, would have, whatever. But y'all got facial recognition. I know. You, you scanned my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> and you knew it was me. What's a little piece of ID going to do? That's true. That's true. That's big facts. But either way. You know, either way you look at it, it's all good, and uh, we are here now. We're ready to rock and roll. We're having a, a, a fun time already. We've been very busy this morning. We've knocked out a bunch of interviews already, and you'll hear them throughout the course of the show. Uh, we've already had our O-blank moment. 
uh, for the day mm-hmm. uh, when we were, and it always happens. And the funniest thing is, I talk about it. Anytime you have an opportunity to, you'll be interviewing somebody, and something will happen. Either you won't record it, uh, something will go on. And so, who were you talking to earlier? I was talking to Sugar Sean O'Malley, number one contender in the bantamweight division, one thirty-five of the UFC. And we were getting good, man. He was talking about. He's about four minutes into this. Four interview. minutes interview, getting to the meat of it. And then it just, and he noticed it before I did. He says, "Uh oh, oh, what was that?" <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "What you mean? What was that?" <laughs> So our, our equipment that we have all of a sudden went out, like went black. And I'm over at the Raiders table, Raiders.com, and I was actually interviewing Rich Gannon at the time, so you'll actually hear that tomorrow. Uh, that'll be out uh, on Raiders Roundtable, and also you know, you'll hear it here on Raider Nation Radio 920, so you'll hear that tomorrow. But I'm interviewing Rich Gannon, and all of a sudden I kind of peek over and I see DeMond hitting buttons, and I'm thinking – that's probably not good, but I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was like a bad deal. So I'm done with Rich Gannon. Everything's good. And Demond says, Q, we have a problem. So what's the problem? He said, the Comrex went out. Well, Raider Nation, let me tell you, the Comrex is a very important, first of all, piece of equipment. It's a very expensive piece of equipment, and it's, it's the only way we do our shows. And on top of that, to make matters worse, it is my personal Comrex, my, my unit. And so I'm like, okay. Uh, well, we'll just go look at it real quick. So I'm pressing the button, and I can't get it on. And it will not go on. It's just black. And I'm thinking, what in the world happens? So now I'm starting to panic. I'm starting to sweat. People are asking us questions. I'm blowing them off. Uh, one guy came by, that, what, a guy from FanDuel. A guy from FanDuel wanted to ask if he could set up some lights behind us. And if you could see, I had to take over a little bit. Just like, hey, t- now's not a good time. <laughs> now is not a good time. <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, last year at the Super Bowl, Monday got me. That's when my backpack got stolen. Now all of a sudden the equipment's going to go out on Monday. Man, I don't, I'm not doing this no more, right? I, mean, I, don't, I don't give a damn. I'm not doing this anymore. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, it was so funny that the, the plug had just happened to come out, and we didn't know it. So all morning long we had the unit on, and it wasn't charging. And so when it crapped out, it crapped out because the battery was dead. I'm taking the battery out. I'm like old school <laughs> Nintendo. In Nintendo games and cartridges when you blow in it because it starts to mess up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm like, well, it's warm, but it, it's, it hasn't been on that long. I mean, you know, we, we, don't, we don't do that. And uh, anyway, so it was, it was wild. But, but uh, crisis uh, averted. We're okay. We're fine. I'm calm now. Mm-hmm. I'm relaxed. It was going to be a long week, man. I'm th- I'm th- oof. It was bad. Bad and then business. Since I was the one using it, and I know that nothing that me and Sean did nothing wrong. No, yeah, you did nothing wrong. But I was just wrong. thinking like, man, how is this going to be my fault? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, brother? How you doing? Good to see you. So that's he was interviewing wrong. Right. <laughs> that's why I stopped working. <laughs> so that was the that was the the nuts and bolts of our morning. It's been hectic. It's been crazy, but it's awesome. We've tweeted out some pictures at R and R nine twenty a.m. at your boy Q two five four at Demond underscore the boss. We've tweeted out pictures and videos of this massive room where we are right now. Our setup is fantastic. We're right up next to the Raiders. We're at the back of the room. We've got probably the best room. What does everyone say? Man, you guys got Ra- like Raider Corner over here. It's a great setup that we have here. And you know when people say, hey, I'm just happy to be here? Yeah. I'm literally just happy to be here. When we first got here around 8 in the morning, I just wanted to smile the entire time. Right. It's just, just cheesing. I'm telling just, you. Just happy to be here. Well, I'll tell you what. Like when I used to get in the game. <laughs> Just well, happy to get in. We don't know about you getting in the game. I don't know. There's no video evidence of you getting in the game. There is video evidence of me getting in the game. I did get into the celebrity basketball game on Saturday. And, uh, man, I'll tell you, you want to talk about just happy to be there? <laughs> I have never been happier to not score a point because I didn't score any points. Mm-hmm. I, I dished out a couple assists and, a, and pulled down a couple rebounds. But I didn't score any points. But I, the whole time, like after we left, I kept telling the wife, I was like, 
that was such I had such a great time. Like it was fantastic. I mean, I'm I got Derwin James on my team. I got Tyreek Hill on my team. I, I got uh, Zadarius Smith on my team. Um, coach Rodman is my coach. You know, I'm, I mean, it's just it, we lost, but it was like it was so much fun. We just man. Telling you, we, we had a great time on Saturday at the Celebrity All Star Game, and I didn't hurt myself. It's funny because the the I, I talked to my dad every Saturday after get my hair cut, and so uh, I told him that I was playing, and he said, "All right, now I'm going to tell you. I know, I know, because you always tell me how busy you are. I know you haven't been stretching. I know you haven't been running. I know you're not playing no you know active sports. Don't go out there and pull a hammy." Or tear your Achilles, or I mean, so he starts naming all these things, and it's going through my head like, "Oh Every man, injury in yeah, <laughs> yeah." I'm like, "Wait, hold on, pop, slow down, man. You're about to speak it into his existence." So after the game was over and I survived, I had to send him the text like, "Okay, I'm good. We're all good. No injuries. I'm fine." But man, it was a lot of fun. So I was, I was happy that uh, they had us out there. And uh, like I said, there were so many players. I mean, the, yeah, Debo Samuel playing, uh, Michael Parsons was playing. Uh, who else? The, the Diggs brothers, Stephon and Trayvon Diggs, were Max playing. Max Crosby. Max Crosby. Max Crosby don't know no speed, man. He he don't know. He doesn't know how to control his speed. He has one speed. It's game speed and it's go and it's fast all the time. One video I saw you guys were going back down the court at the same time. Did you have to ball? Did you have to D up Max Crosby a little bit? No, 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 no. We, we did a little John a little bit though. Yeah. We did we did do a little bit of John, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it it was funny. I got a rebound. Matter of fact, I got it was right after I got that rebound and tried to put it back, and I didn't get it, but my my team did. So it was really a good play. And uh, and then we're going back down. He's like, "Okay, I see you." But we got down on the other end, and it was uh, a, the a big guy that we had on our team, and he was really a good player. He was on our team, and uh, and Max, they got they started you know kind of jockeying for position down low, and Max just threw him down, <laughs> and so then Max just starts just. Barking at him. Oh, no. And then the dude starts barking back, which was cool, right? I mean, he starts barking back, and, you know, Max is saying, I don't know what he was saying, like, you're too small or whatever. And uh, and then dude was like, we're on the hoop court. I got you. You know, and so he's – it was it was cool. So they went up and down the court talking trash to each other a few times, and then finally they were laughing, and, you know, it was just yeah. – it was all good fun. But uh, that that was fun. Jerron Harmon was on my team. Uh, that was really cool. Dude. So he was uh, – he was there. He did tell me that the plan is to run it back and be back next year with the Raiders. So, you know, there, there you go. go. I told him that I think that the Raiders need him back. He's he's that guy at the back end. So, um, you know, obviously they got to make that happen. He's a free agent. But uh, the, the plan, he said the plan is to come back and be back with the Silver and Black. So he did. No, it's not It's not breaking news. I mean, they got to go make it happen first. But his plan is to be back with the Silver and Black. So there is that. So anyway, uh, that's just one of the few stories that we have here from Radio Row and, and over the weekend. And, again, we're just happy to be here. Again, thanks to uh, Subaru of Las Vegas that helped us get here. But we had a, a great time, you know, driving up. And, and, oh, by the way, we have a great place to stay, too. What a good place that we're at. I mean, I know that when we were driving there, DeMond was like, oh, I don't know about this neighborhood. And I was like, oh, I think it'll be okay. Man, we got to that spot. We did right, man. That, that's a good little Airbnb we got. All right, guys, let me just tell you the best part about it to me, where this is going to let you know, man, that's a real nice house. Orange tree in the backyard, <laughs> lemon tree in the front yard. There it is. I mean, fresh citrus all day. There you go. We have a nice little three-bedroom Airbnb action. We got three TVs with cable, which is kind of unusual for Airbnbs. They usually, you know, you have to sign in with either your Fire Stick or, or like your uh, Netflix account or whatever it is, you know, Zulu or Lulu or Hulu or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Zulu. <laughs> 
I said Zulu, but you know what the, the what I mean. So yeah, we got that. We, we got a nice little hookup, man. So we're doing okay. So so far, day one, uh, and we're not even close to being done with it. Is, uh, is is looking pretty good. Steve Cofield is here for Cofield and Company uh, on ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. So uh, we've got everything covered. And and uh, when we were having the major disaster earlier with the equipment, we also had an interview lined up that we were supposed to do. So the young lady comes to do the interview, and I can't do it because I'm distraught because I'm thinking that uh, the equipment is 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 busted. So I call Steve, and I was like, Steve, I need you to do this interview. And he's all, who's it with? I was like, I don't even know, Steve. Just come do the interview. And so he came and knocked it out, and he did a great job, so he saved us. Uh, so that's, that's, that's what happens when teamwork, you know, when guys come together. So we definitely appreciate Cofield. But we got a fantastic show lined up for you, again, live from Radio Row. Coming up at 2.30, our normal Monday guest, Ed Graney from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas. Our sister station will talk all things silver and black, what he saw uh, from the Pro Bowl, what he's thinking about the Raiders moving forward, uh, all that good stuff. That's at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Matt Lombardo, heavy.com. We had an opportunity to catch up with him earlier today here on Radio Row. Uh, to talk about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, talk about the Raiders, talk about what he thinks the Raiders will do at the quarterback position, how to turn a team around quick, fast, and in a hurry. So a lot of good stuff from Matt Lombardo. Again, heavy.com, at Matt Lombardo NFL on Twitter. Uh, Mark McMillan, NFL defensive back, next chef. He'll join us live live at the table uh, at 3.30. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. Got a chance to catch up with him at 4 o'clock, so we'll talk to him. Uh, or you'll hear that conversation that we had with him at 4. And then at 4.30, Dave Hunt from HuntAuctions.com. Talk about some memorabilia. This dude's got some real deal stuff. And I don't want to spoil the, I don't spoil the interview. Myself and DeMond already had an opportunity to talk to him, so you'll hear that conversation at 4.30. But DeMond and, uh, and myself went into it about DeMond getting a jersey, an autographed jersey, and then, DeMond, you decided to wear it. And I said, you can't do that. You, you can wear it. You, you can cannot. do that. I, because I did. No, I know, so but you, you shouldn't. Well, you shouldn't. Says who? Says says me. Says, first of all, says being. Says me you're first. Taking the joy out of fandom. Well, not if you have a jersey that's autographed. It's one thing to have a jersey and wear it, not an autographed jersey. You're taking the. You're taking the. You're you're devaluing it. What's the value if I'm going to keep it? It's gotten val- the value in my what, possession. What if you fall on hard times and you decide you're not going to keep it? Brother, I'm on hard times now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got it. You're stupid. Dave Hunt, huntauctions.com. You'll actually hear us talking about that very thing, devaluing the jersey that DeMond has that's autographed and he wore it. So that's coming up at 430. So those are the guests that we have lined up, and you never know on Radio Row who could pop in when and, and may sit down and start talking to us. Ed Graney at 230, Matt Lombardo at 3, Mark McMillan 330, Omar Ruiz at 4, and Dave Hunt from Hunt Auctions. At 4.30. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So here we are, like I said, live on Radio Row, Super Bowl 57. And we're not going to have a whole lot of time throughout the course of the week to actually talk about the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's so funny. Even though we're here for it, you'll see how many conversations we have that aren't really Super Bowl uh, related. We'll have conversations about this, that, and the other. And, of course, there'll be so many conversations when it comes to the Raiders. So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation when it comes to the Raiders. And, you know, Josh Jacobs talked over the weekend. I had an opportunity to uh, be there when he talked. Max Crosby talked. Devontae Adams talked after the Pro Bowl and said, you know, he's 1 million percent, you know, going to go and, and try to put the full court press on Aaron Rodgers. Does that mean that he's going to be the Raiders quarterback? No, but it just seems like, it feels like, 
DeMond, that that makes the most sense right now. Yeah, it makes the most sense, obviously, with the Devontae Adams tie-in. But it also makes the most sense because who gives you the best chance to win now? And I know people want to say you can't mortgage the future, but who cares about the future if you can get greatness right now? Let's take it back to the NBA, the Kyrie Irving trade. Not so much if it was a good trade or a bad trade, but I saw a tweet where it was Joe Sy traded Kyrie Irving for a seventh grader. When you're talking about draft picks in 2027 or if it's not yeah. like the next one or two right. years, you, I feel like teams shouldn't be looking at, is this going to hurt our draft standing in 2028? Right. You should be thinking about winning now. No, you're right. You're right. So there's so many different conversations. I thought Josh Jacobs, though, had a really good uh, media session that he had on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium uh, for the Pro Bowl. And, and, Bobby, I don't know if you have it up in the studio, if you have that sound available. If you do, let me know. I'd like to actually go ahead and play that. That was some really good stuff about Josh. And, and he talked about, you know, his future, talked about, uh, you know, what makes sense to him. You know, does he want to be a Raider? He does want to be a Raider. Uh, does the quarterback matter? It does matter. I mean, there was a lot of things that Josh said, and he's always kept it kept it real. I mean, he's kept it real all the time, all year long, no matter if it was, uh, you know, a loss, a win, whatever, good, bad. He always has been the guy that's going to, to, to talk to the media. And I thought that the conversations that he had uh, were really good. So, uh, Bobby, when you get that, uh, go ahead and, and let me know. We'll go ahead and go to that. But in the meantime, in between time, let's go out to the phone lines. I know we got some patient Raider Nation waiting at 702-365-9200. Want to chime in? Let's, uh, let's talk to Raider Mac in L.A. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Raider Mac. All right. Gangster Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What it's up? me trying to see what's happening with you and let you know I wasn't mad or nothing that day. I was just trying to let you know that I remember, you know, when I was nine years old. I wasn't driving around the city, but my grandmother taught me how to drive, and she used to let me drive to the corner store with a note for some cigarettes and a pint of gin. So I remember um, 83. I want to say, I say um, since you're there in um, Super Bowl Row, did you, did you ever think growing up as a Raider fan – that we would be, have a 40-year drought because this year made 40 years since 83, since we won the Super Bowl. Did you ever think that the Raiders would be one of those teams that went on like a 40-year Super Bowl drought? I, I didn't think it would ever happen. And also I want to say, um, you know, talking about Derek Carr, I want to say, um, you know, it's good to see him go out, you know, in the Pro Bowl or whatever. But I, um, I was talking to my buddy the other day, and he was like, he never really liked Derek Carr. I said, I liked him. He was cool. He was like, what are your three favorite Derek Carr moments? And it got me to thinking. I think number three, my favorite Derek Carr moment was when they beat Dallas on um, New Year's Day in um, Dallas. The second one was when, um, remember in New Orleans, I think it was in 2016, when um, yep. when he dove out of bounds to get that. He did like Superman or dive yep. over. Um, yeah, that was my second favorite Derek Carr moment. And the, my number one Derek Carr moment was when they beat the Chargers in that game the last season, in the game last year to make the playoffs. I think that was my top Derek Carr moment. So I wanted to ask you, Q, you know what I'm saying, um, what was your top three Derek Carr moments, you know what I mean, since his little um, career, what is his nine-year career with us. And I want to say have fun and um, congratulations to DeMond on making it with you and have fun and enjoy soaking in the Super Bowl and represent Raider Nation, even though you're really a Titans fan, you represent Raiders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Keep the gangster, y'all. I'm gone. There he goes. Gangster Raider, appreciate the call, my man. Uh, you know, off top, just talking about Derek Carr, the you know, top three moments. Um, 
I would have to say that that game against uh, Tampa Bay I thought was a big one where uh, they went to overtime and it looked like the game was going to end up being a tie, and he hit Seth Roberts for the game-winning touchdown, and they had like 200 yards of penalties that day, which was ridiculous, but they did, and they found a way to win. Uh, that, was a, that was a big one. I, I don't know like the rankings of, of these games. Um, I think week 18 last year. Yeah, week 18 last year was, was – no, I mean – but I mean, week eighteen, they won with a field goal. So I know, but I mean, it, it wasn't his, like for a, his moment. That moment, right. him walking off the field. Well, like week one, week one last go, year that's, that's, that's when you. it was Baltimore. Remember Baltimore, and they walked it off. He threw it to Zay Jones for the touchdown. That yes. was that was really cool. I like that. Um, I think the game that Gangster Raiders talking about the twenty sixteen game. That was the first game of the season against New Orleans. I think that was really good. Uh, I mean, there was obviously he had plenty of moments that that he he shined. He did really well. Um, I'm just trying to think of like which what stood out to me, probably the most. The game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving last year was great, uh, especially when he hit Deshaun Jackson to start the game. Got that touchdown pass. I thought, okay, it's a big day. Even last year, going back to this last season that passed by when they uh, walked it off against Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Threw it to Devontae Adams touchdown. Pass. That was you know. So he had he had he had plenty of good moments. So definitely uh, appreciate the call, my man. Thanks so much for that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm trying trying to. Uh, I guess Bobby's yeah, Bobby's got the sound. Okay, good. I guess he can't we we can't hear him. He's communicating with us, but we can't hear him. But that's okay. That's how it happens sometimes. So uh here's Josh Jacobs on Saturday. He had an opportunity to catch up with the media and I thought it was really cool. We all started off just asking basically what he had been up to since the season ended. Uh, man, I'm chilling, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't you know, I ain't really talked to them, I ain't really had no conversation or anything like that. Uh, I'm not too much worried about it, you know. Uh I feel like I'm in the driver's seat, you know what I'm saying? I, I control the ship, so however it goes, it's how it's going to go, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not too much worried about it, um, but it definitely got to make sense. <laughs> now, now that the season's over, I know you talked a lot during the season, like, hey, business will take care of business. Yeah, exactly. playing, but season's over, you had a great year. Like, yep. It's nice to have a great year like that for a contract season. Right? Yeah, I mean, but like I said, we haven't talked yet, so I ain't feel disrespected in any type of way yet. So we're going to see how it go. When does that start? They say next week, but I don't know. We're going to see. I mean, I guess when does the disrespect start if, you, if they haven't started yet? Yeah, we're going to see. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, is this where you want to be if it does make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously. Like, I, I bought a crib here. I, I'll probably forever keep a crib here for tax purposes. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I want to be, man. I, I feel like I've left my mark on, you know, this organization, um, you know, with a group of guys in the locker room. Obviously, it's going it's gonna to be shaking up next year. Um, but, man, I feel like, uh, you know, this is home. So, for me, this is where I want to be. But I'm not going to discredit myself trying to be here either. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just got to make sense. What was it like seeing Derek? Um, I mean, after everything that kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's funny because I broke the ice when we had seen him. I was like, man, it's kind of weird having you around. But, you know, he's been cool, man. You know, he's the same dude he, that he's always been. You know, he's a, he's just a good person. So, he came around us. We all was in the locker room, uh, you know, the first day that all the Pro Bowl guys I got out here. And, um, we was all in there earlier, you know, because we knew the facility and things like that. Um, and we just all kind of just sat down and kind of, you know, enjoyed each other's time. Um, but man, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to, you know, have one last run with them. So, have, have any other guys been recruiting this week at all? Definitely been a lot of recruiting going on. <laughs> Definitely a lot of recruiting, you know. Uh, 
dude, every time he see me, he'd be like, man, stop tampering. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely been a lot of recruiting. That's going to feel good, though. I mean, people people want you, right? I mean, that's going to be a cool feeling. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's both ways, man. I mean, I I talk to, you know, a couple of defenders, uh, defensive players, and like, man, what what you you thinking is, what you thinking is what you got to do, you know? So, and and the thing about Vegas, man, everybody wants to come here, you know? So, hopefully we can figure it out. Uh, They can put some pieces together. Josh, I'm sure your preference is probably a multi-year deal. Would you do you think you would have a negative reaction to to like a franchise? Oh, hero turn villain. <laughs> hero turn villain, man. What, I mean, you said it has to make sense. I mean, you talked about money before, but like, mm-hmm. is it just money to you? What else? What else makes nah, sense? Nah, it's also it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pieces we get get around and all of that. Like, like I tell people, man, like. It's one thing to, to be okay taking less money and stuff like that if you win it, but if you lose it, they gotta you have to come correct. <laughs> that's just that's just what it is for real. But do you think you can win here? I think that we got a great opportunity too. Uh, like I like I've been saying all last year, I feel like you know we was always so close. Um, so that really just come with them getting the right people in there, you know what I'm saying, the right guys, you know, getting some more guys on defense, uh, you know, getting some more guys up front, like things like that. Uh, obviously now uh, the quarterback situation, I think that play a big part of, of what I want to do too, like if, if I come back or not, you know what I'm saying? So it just depends. You haven't talked to them, but do you want to talk to them, like who they're going to try to get a quarterback? Oh, no. Yeah, we <laughs> we we talked we talked about that like kind of like towards the end of the season. Um, so I kind of know where their head is at. You know, I'm not gonna speak on who they. I'm not gonna speak. On, I'm not gonna speak on where they leaning to. But I know. I know they. They the three that they looking at. So we'll see. Ones are retired though. <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. I feel like that was a contingency plan. You feel me? Oh man. Just in terms of this week, Pro Bowl, the new structure, everything. What's your take on all that? Stupid. I, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> they need to. They need to. Uh, first off, I'm a free agent. I, you know, but uh, nah, for real though, they need to. They need to figure out a way to make this make sense. Cause I don't enjoy this. You feel me? Like we just kind of here. You know what I'm saying? It's not really organized either. But they need to figure it out. Any ideas on like what to do instead or? Send everybody family on vacation, bro. Call it a day. Go back to Hawaii. Call it a day. I mean, but don't have people like they be like, all right, yeah, you coming out here, bring your family out here. It's a vacation, but you got events that you do. It really ain't, you know what I'm saying? So, send people on a vacation for a week and just call it, call it a day. That's my thought. To the Philippines, though. I'm saying, could did a lot more with my time. Man. There he is, Josh Jacobs, right there. That was Saturday at Allegiant Stadium, and again, he tells you a lot. He tells you a lot. You know, he talks about the three, you know, there's three guys that they're leaning towards or they're looking at, you know, so that kind of narrows it down, right? And obviously we don't know who those three are, but we can get pretty good guesses. I like that he said, yeah, towards the end of the season they were talking about it. Right. So that means that as soon as they benched their car, it was all right, guys. Well, like we said. Forward. They, they yeah. didn't do it without a plan. Right, which but is it was what just, we've been saying, right? But just to hear someone else say it. Right, someone to confirm, inside the building to confirm, to confirm right. It. Yeah, because we don't know. Like you said, we don't know that they had a plan or what the plan is. And we still don't know what the plan is, but to know that there was obviously a plan and he's been talking with them. So that means that he's clearly part of their plans too. Mm-hmm. It's just got to make sense. Yeah. Like he said. So uh, that's just some of the stuff I want to make sure I sprinkle in some of the stuff that we got from over the weekend. Cause I thought it was really good. Uh, we're going to be very busy here on radio row, talking to a lot of people. This today, this Monday is kind of like the quiet, 
the calm before the storm, I like to call it. And, and it's actually been pretty busy for a Monday, and it's just going to get ramped up to the port where it's just kind of like hell on wheels uh, towards the end of the week, which is exciting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they got a um, Super Bowl opening night tonight, uh, I think, at one of the ballparks, so we'll go there. We're going to be all over the place. I mean, DeMond's going to be wore out by the end of the week. He slept the whole way here. He's going to sleep the whole way back. That's for sure. <laughs> so, DeMond said, DeMond had the nerve to say, yeah, the, the drive wasn't very long. Well, yeah, because you slept like 75% of the time. Wasn't too bad. It, no, it wasn't bad for you at all. Every once in a while, you know when you're sleeping and all of a sudden, like, you, you jerk or something like that? Every once in a while, I see out of the corner of my eye, like, DeMond just kind of shimmy or something or move. And I was like, oh, oh. Can't get too comfortable. I guess, he, yeah, I guess, I guess he, was, <laughs> he needs to readjust. You get a little bit more comfortable, but uh, yeah, we're we're here having a good time. We will have a good time and bring you a lot of great stuff live from Radio Row. So, uh, Raider Nation, if you had an opportunity to be here and just talk to one person, one person, there's one person that you specifically wanted to seek out and find, and you knew that they were here, and you wanted to interview them, at least talk to them for a few minutes, even if it's not an interview, just sit down at the table like we're sitting here and talk to them, five, ten minutes. Who would that person be? It could be anybody, anyone in the football world. Sports world, because there's athletes here from all over. Uh, DeMond sat down with a fighter already. Um, you know, there's actors going to be here. There's musicians going to be here. Hell, last year we had who? Chef uh, Chef KK. Yeah, Chef KK was on the scene. She was fantastic. And you know what? The one, the guest that is always probably the best is the one that's the least expected. Like, you're always wondering. You, uh, you don't know what it's going to be like. And then all of a sudden, it ends up being the best interview that you've ever done. So, uh, let us know. 69187, keyword R&R. Hit us up on our com text line. If you can sit down here, Radio Row style, with anybody, just one person, uh, and you get 10 minutes to yourself, who would it be? Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. This is Red Nation Radio 920. to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. We are live on Radio Row, Phoenix Convention Center. Super Bowl 57 is what we're in preparation for. We're here all week long. Very excited about that. Damon Cotton and your boy Q holding it down for the next couple hours here on Radio Niche Radio 920. And joining us now on the phone lines, as he does each and every Monday at 2.30, is our good friend uh, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and the RJ. And, Ed, how are you doing this uh, this day as we are here in Phoenix and you're still in uh, nice Las Vegas? How are you doing today? I'm not doing as well as you. <laughs> I told you to come along. I told you I had room in the car for you. <laughs> I know. There, there was room in the back. I understand that. Um, but, no, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're uh uh, bringing uh, people, uh, what's the happenings at the uh, at the Super Bowl all week? Um, before we get into anything, can you give me an update on what happened in the charity basketball team? Yeah, I didn't get hurt, which is <laughs> okay, most good. important. Yeah. I didn't get hurt. Our team lost. Uh, I didn't score, but I did pull some re- rebounds and dish out a couple assists, and I oh, played nice. about seven nice. minutes, so I was good. I was good. Absolutely. That's all I needed. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm, I will. I'm happy for you. I will say this, Ed, as funny as it is, I, you realize where you are in your life when Tyreek Hill calls you old school. There you go. Hey, that's not the worst <laughs> thing, is it? No, 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 not at all. But it, it was so funny because we were we were talking about who was going to start the second half, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got the old school in there. You know, old school's got to get in first. And I was like, oh, damn, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life hits you fast. There. Uh, that, that's man. awesome, man. Um, Maybe they'll uh, 
Maybe a little franchise tag instead of Josh Jacobs. There you go. There you go. That's right. I just need a couple more reps, and I'll be I'll be right where I need to be. But no, it was fun. Uh, we had a good time. So uh, yeah, there there's that. But we made it. We made it here safely. And uh, like I said, I didn't get injured in the basketball game, so I feel like I'm winning. You know, it's I'm been in a, a it's been a successful week. Absolutely, already, and it's only Monday. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, Ed, I mean, the Pro Bowl, I didn't watch it because we were traveling. Uh, I was there for the media sessions on Saturday, got to hear from Josh, Max, you know, stuff like that. I heard Devontae talk after the after the Pro Bowl game. But uh, as far as Josh saying, you know, hey, I want to be here, but it's got to make sense, and he, he sounded like he was definitely 100% against uh, being franchise tag. What did you think about just what Josh Jacobs had to say over the weekend? Yeah, it's uh, you know he's he's kind of doubling down right now, right? Uh, other than unlike when we talked to him at the end of the season, and you know I've got a lot of money and I just want to be here, and but you know that was expected. Look, he's the life of a running back is often short, and yep. you have to get what you can get uh, when you can get it, especially the way running backs are kind of treated now, and you know um, uh, by most of the teams in the league and what they think about running backs. So I'm not surprised. It you know if it comes to it. And we talked about this with Waller last year, who had the hamstring. Um, you know, and would he hold out or not? Nowadays, the fine is so much. I yeah. think you you have to you have to think twice about the holdout um, if that would happen if they tagged them. Um, I you know I still think they might you know get, like you've talked about in the past. I think like maybe a two to three year a short deal to get him more guaranteed money. Um, but he was definitely against uh, he was definitely against the tag and. Let's we'll see what happens. I've always—I don't know what you think, too. I've always thought they were going to tag. Uh, uh, that way, you know, you get him ten million, but you've only got him on the franchise tag, and you know, it's going to be hard to replicate what he did. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's—he could never lead the league in rushing again. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. Um, so, and he's a running back, uh, and even though he's what only twenty-four, um, you know, things can go quickly at that position. So, I—I um, I guess I'm not surprised he's kind of doubling down a little. He wants—he should want a multi-year deal. With some more guaranteed money than the, what the ten million would pay him, but we'll have to see what they do. I think they're going to make their the best decision for what they think is um, best for the team. You know, other than what someone's saying in, in a media scrum. Something else that Josh Jacobs said that opened my eyes a little bit is that he mentioned that the team had three quarterbacks in mind or three yeah. quarterbacks on their short <laughs> list. Do you have any idea of who those three quarterbacks may be? I mean, that was. That was a great quote. I'm like, man, he's he's staying in, he's staying involved here, isn't he? Yep. He knows who the quarterbacks are. Um, you know, I mean, I think someone asked was Brady one, and he kind of you know kind of went away from that, or he said that was a contingency plan. Yep. Everyone's talking about Rodgers. I think Garoppolo still might be in in play because you know the familiarity there. So you know, people like that. Um, we can talk about Rodgers in terms of the you know would you trade for him? Would you not? But. I think those are the kind of the same names, you know, everyone's floating around. I, I'm trying to think of a quarterback who would be a surprise name in there. Um, I just I can't come up with one in terms of who would be a surprise where we'd all look at each other and say, oh, we never thought that. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's Jarrett Stidham. You know, maybe, maybe you know, they're thinking, or maybe they're thinking we're going to draft one. You know, and, 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 and you know, that, that's what they've been telling people behind the scenes, you know, that there's someone they like and maybe they can make a move and draft someone and, you know, have a bridge quarterback and, really draft who they think is the next franchise quarterback. But if they were to do that, Devontae Adams, another guy who was in that Pro Bowl yesterday, I think all signs are clear that he doesn't want to play and be, have, have his quarterback be a rookie quarterback. Do you think that that is going to be, as people are saying, a soft rebuild if the team were to draft a rookie quarterback? Yeah, but I think also, and I know Q's talked about this, um, 
that that goes towards what Dave Ziegler has said recently about you know hey it's not just about one or two players at a at a, at a large market price you know they keep talking about the process and you know the mm-hmm. process would be you got a lot of holes to fill uh, especially on defense and you know offensive line and use your money for that and then get a guy on a rookie contract now would Devonte Adams be you know happy no but you know there's just certain there's just certain limitations of what he could do in that sense I guess he could try to force something. Um, I don't know if he would do that, um, but you know, if you're if you're in a process, and that's what you keep saying, you know, the process is not to play one guy, you know, a fortune. That's not right. what the process is. It's supposed to be get as many guys as you can for the money you have to give out. That's why, you know, again, Rodgers wouldn't be a big cap hit this year, but he makes he makes a lot of money, and that's one of those guys who, if you if you get Aaron Rodgers, to me, that's saying okay, we think we can do it in one or two years, and that's not what they've been saying publicly. They've been saying it's a process, it's going to take time, and there's a lot of holes to fill. No doubt, no doubt. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And that's a You can catch Ed every single morning with Tyler Bischoff, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on the press box on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Of course, he writes for the RJ as well. So I asked Max about tampering, in, not tampering, but really trying to recruit players to the Raiders because, well, the Pro Bowl was, it was in Vegas, as you know, and there's a lot of uh, great players Top, top-notch top players, and so sure. I asked them straight up about, you know, hey, have you been out here recruiting? That's what you said to me at the end of the season that you were going to try to do. How much do you think that that benefits, being able to show off, you know, uh, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, show off Allegiant Stadium, and how much do you think that that kind of weighs in the mind of these players? Um, I mean, I don't think it can hurt, especially from if they're from areas where uh, the, the weather of late has been horrible, and they probably come out of here and say, you know what, this looks pretty good out here. Um, it is a it is a great facility out at the Henderson one, and you and I are there every day during the season. It's a great facility out there. Allegiance, beautiful. But I think when it comes down to it, it's about guys and, you know, how much they're making and what their standing is on a team. I mean, it's you know, uh, we just saw a guy, you know, retire at 45, and, and the reason he, he, he's made out to be the greatest, whatever, a lot of it is the longevity. Right. Guys don't do that in this league. He's, he was a special kind of different guy. Um, so I think in this game, as violent it is, as much as guys get hurt, you got to do what's best for you. And while they might like Allegiant and they might like the weather in Vegas and the kind of town it is, I don't know if that means ultimately it plays the biggest difference in you know how much you're going to get paid and you know what team you're on, how much of a chance do you have to win. I think those things might come in. And then the secondary, you know, the secondary to that is you know location, your family, um, you know the facilities, all that. It's like you know I think Derek Carr when he says. You know, he's going to do the best for his family. Um, knowing him as we do, he's going to do the best for his family. You know, he's going to, you know, where they live, I think, is going to be important. Things like that are going to be important to him because he's going to make a lot of money anyway. So I'm sure Max was out there talking to people. Or, hey, if I was him, I would have been talking to everybody. He knows right. he's, he played on that defense. Yep. So I, I would have been making the rounds all week to people if I thought that they could come over and help us defensively in terms of what he would have thought. Something else that I want to ask you about, because since the last time we talked, Sean Payton has been announced as the new head coach for the Denver Broncos. So where do you think that that puts Denver in the division? Does that shorten the gap between as we last year we thought, hey, this is going to be the best division football's ever seen. But do you think that that shortens the gap in this division a little bit with that hire of Sean Payton in Denver? Yeah, I think he's a really good coach to mine. I mean, can, you know, and, and you know this, I mean, can he fix Russell Wilson? Right. That, that's the key. I mean, can he can he do that? If he can do that. It's going to shorten the gap, and if he can get Russell back to playing the way Russell once did, it'll shorten the gap. I mean, until I see that, I would still rank it. I would still rank it. Um, 
uh, Chiefs Chargers Raiders, and, you know, people might think that's crazy because, you know, Sean Payton's there, and I think he's a good coach. Um, but is he that much better of a coach than the top, you know, four, five, six, seven coaches in the league? I'm not so sure about that. He's not as good a coach as the guy who's at the top of that division. Right. Um, he's probably second. Um, yeah. I would think he's probably second. So, you know, I mean, it's all about Russell Wilson. Can he fix him? And if he can, uh, then I think the Broncos have closed the gap for sure. To, to that's what they're gonna. That's what the biggest key is gonna be. You hit it on the head. If he can fix Russell Wilson, and I don't think Russell Wilson is as bad as we saw last year, and I don't think no. he'll be as great as he was at one point when he was at a, you know his peak in Seattle. Uh, he had a lot of things that you know played in his favor and really showed off uh, who he was. So Ed, before before we wrap this up and let you go, it's it's amazing. Obviously, the Super Bowl will be uh, in our hometown in Vegas next year, but you know there was a point uh, and a time period where. Nobody even wanted to say the words Las Vegas and the name Las Vegas, and now uh, we're the biggest show out here. I mean, I know we're in Arizona, but, I mean, everyone is talking about Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. We have people coming to us. We're not fighting for guests anymore. They're coming to us to volunteer. It's crazy how times have changed so so fast, hasn't it? Well, that's good news for Jared, who's going to be there (laughs) with his notebook and his pen. Yes. uh, Chasing down some guests for for the morning show. No. Yeah, I mean, and I think it it all came to fruition when they stopped being hypocritical about the gambling. Yep. You know, when that league realized, look, you know, we, you know, the first thing for years, I always thought it was funny, you know, they were against the gambling, but you'd call up the NFL website and the first thing you'd see is play our fantasy league. Right. I mean, it was just, you know, it's like, yep. you know, but once they started being, stopped being hypocritical about it and accepted the gambling and actually promoted it, I think the doors to open and was Vegas and the Raiders moving there. And now, uh, I'm sure you're down there, like you said, everyone wants to talk to you guys because you're in Vegas. Um, and it's great for the town and, Next year, you know, here's the, the great thing is next year you won't have to rent an Airbnb. No, that's the beauty of it, man. I'm so excited. We won't have to rent an Airbnb. We won't have to worry about getting an Uber and, and, and driving in or whatever. We'll know, we know all the ins and outs. Like We'll be good to go. So, exactly. uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about that. But it's going to be a fun week. And, of course, anything that you guys need uh, you know, for the press box, we got you covered. Uh, Thanks, we'll, we'll, we'll have everything for you. But what do you got coming out on the RJ before we let you go? Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff in the Super Bowl. Our Super Bowl section comes out later in the week, so that'll be cool. I'm doing something on Shane Steichen, who's the yes. offensive coordinator for the Eagles and played at UNLV. And a uh, little something on UNLV basketball, women's basketball. You know, 13 in a row now, Q, 22-2, and two, and not really getting the national attention that people think they might or should. So I'm talking to a bunch of national people around the country this week and figuring out why that is. What did you think of, and I didn't get the chance to ask you, but what did you think of the Scott Turner hire? Uh, and we don't really know what what role he's going to play with the Raiders and Josh McDaniels' coaching staff, but what did you think about that? That's a UNLV guy. That's a UNLV guy. I talked to him the other day about Shane Steichen. Uh, they're very, very close. Yeah, I think it's good hire. I mean, he's, you know, he's, his dad obviously uh, coached many years in the league. He's a football kid. He's a football guy. So I'm with you. I don't really know where passing coordinator fits in or what that means in terms right. of what the responsibilities will be. But, look, he was an offensive coordinator with the commanders. He knows football, and, you know, you can't have enough of those guys. No, not at all. Not at all. So uh, great stuff, Ed, as always, man. You know, we appreciate catching up with you, and uh, we'll, see, we'll see you next week. <laughs> have a great time, Q. Will do. Thank you so much. Ed Grady right there from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, does a fantastic job on the press box with Tyler Bischoff, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., and, of course, in the RJ as well. Definitely appreciate him. 2.46 at the time when we come back live from Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center. Who did you talk to, Damon? Sugar Sean O'Malley. All right, you're going to hear that conversation. Well, most of that conversation. You'll hear it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas on Rainbow in the 215. Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line as we are live at the Phoenix Convention Center. Radio Row, Media, actually it's Media Row now. I, I got to get that right. It used to at one point be Radio Row. Now it is Media Row. All kind of media is represented, and uh, this is kind of the calm before the storm. It's not, it's not crazy busy right now, but it's also not dead. So it's kind of like the, like I said, the calm before the storm. By the end of the week, especially Thursday, is going to get ramped up to the point where your head, you got to just keep your head on a swivel like you're on special teams and uh, just kind of keep just scanning the room for whoever's walking by and, and then there are handlers, and you got to go and try to hustle it up and sell yourself. you got about 10 seconds to sell yourself on why you should get the interview as opposed to the other 50 people that are trying to get the interview. But that's part of it. Uh, I like to call this the Catalina Wine Fest for me. This is, uh, this is it's the chase, right? The chase is it's, it's what it's all about. You young kids, DeMond, you don't know about the chase. Remember when you uh, talk to girls now, you, you send them memes. You don't, you don't have the chase anymore. Well, this is the chase. Well, somebody else is also sending memes, Q, so the chase <laughs> is always on. No, no. What if his memes are better than yours, see? Come on now, Q. No. The game's still the game. The game is definitely not the game, but the game here is the chase, and, and it's, it's a rat race, and like I said, you got to sell yourself on why you should get the interview as opposed to the other ones that want. Or while you're doing the interview, seeing about four other radio stations hovering around your table waiting for that interview to wrap up so they could jump up and say, hey, so-and-so, can you come here? And I'll have to be honest with you, I was doing that earlier today. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was that guy. So that's just what it is. But Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, thanks for giving us listeners on the airways another year at the Super Bowl Radio Row. Looking forward to all the interviews here this week. I will say if I had to interview one person here at Super Bowl week, that's easy. I'd interview Ben Affleck. I'd ask him. If he really had a good time at last night's Grammy, and that's what J-Lo smelled like last night oh as well. God. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Look, I wouldn't want to interview Ben Affleck at all because I'd probably be angry at him. I'd be like, twice? Twice? Like, once wasn't enough? Like, you had to go, you know, J-Lo had to take you back again? Because, you know, she had to take him back. He didn't take oh, her you, back. you think? I know. You think? I know. I mean, look, man, it's, it's we don't. I mean, it's everyone else's fault. It's not J Lo's fault. It's everyone else's. I don't know, Q. I'm just saying. I don't care if she's on like husband number twelve. It's all it's all their other others' fault. It's all eleven others' fault. Well, it's it was A Rod's fault for real. Yeah, it was Ben Affleck's fault. It was Diddy's fault. It was. But what about when they leave her? They don't. She think, leaves I, them. I think he left her. I don't think so. I don't think so, Damon. I don't think so. Jim from Yonkers hit us up and said, I'd want to sit down with Jim Plunkett. Being legally blind for the last 12 years and Jim Plunkett being the son of blind parents, I'd want to know what it was like growing up and how he made it. Plus, uh, and he did not give up. And, yes, uh, Pastorini broke his leg that opened the door, but he was ready when called upon. The talk would help me with my daughter. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Thank you, Q and Demond. I will triple check for typos. LOL, Jim from Yonkers. Thank you so much, my man. I appreciate that. And nice little nugget, man. I didn't, uh, I didn't know that you were blind for the last 12 years, but uh, that's a heck of a nugget. And appreciate you sending a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line. I think that that's really, really cool. Now, there's always something that happens on Radio Row where – well, it just goes wrong. So, Damon, you were interviewing who earlier? Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, and this is a big-time fighter, UFC. What's the case? Oh, yeah, he's a big-time fighter. He's going to be – he's American, so he can't, he's not Irish when it comes to being the next Conor McGregor. But he's the guy tattoos, you know, wild, colorful hair. Yeah, yeah, pink Talk, hair, right? Yeah, talks a lot of trash. Yeah. So they really want him to be that next guy. That Well, he also lives in the area, so that's why he's here. But there's a, there's a reason that he's yeah. here, that they want him to be that next star. 
Nice. Well, it was funny because uh, his handler and him came by, introduced himself to us all, and I don't know squat about the fight game, but of course DeMond does, and so they were trying to book a time when they can do the interview, and I was like, go for it. Just do it right now. I'm going to go interview Rich Gannon, so go ahead and do it right now. So DeMond sat down, and well, here's part of that conversation. I'm out here in Radio Row in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, the Sugar Show, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Man, good to have you on, man. How you feeling today? I feel good. I had a hard training session Monday mm-hmm. mornings. I like to get after it because I have the kind of the weekend to recover. So Monday mornings, I'm a hard session. Just got done with that. Just hopped on with Pat McAfee. Now we're here. All right, man. So I know you got that new deal with the UFC. How did that come about? What were the negotiations like? Or do you set the price for the UFC because you're becoming such a big star that maybe you can demand that? Yeah, I mean, I have a very, very healthy, very good relationship with the UFC that's been built over the last few years. Um, you know, I was on a, I think, six or seven fight contract. I go out there and fight Pedro Munoz. doesn't go the way I want. You know, mm-hmm. the, the eye poke turns into a no contest. So I don't go back to the UFC and say, hey, I want to renegotiate because I didn't earn it. You know, it's okay. just that, that fight didn't happen the way I wanted it to. They offered me the number one guy in the world. They say, this is the only guy that doesn't have a fight, Peter Young. Do you want it? I say, of course I want that fight. I've been wanting that fight for a while. I go out there and, and do what I needed to do. I got the job done. And now I go back to the, the draw, uh, back to UFC and say, hey, guys. You know, my next fight's obviously for the title. Um, I would like to to renegotiate. I feel like I have earned a new contract, and they they said, you know what, we agree, and and then you go from there. So it, it was a good good conversation, and it was uh, it was fun. All right, let's go back to that Peter Yan fight before we go into the future. I know you don't want to look back too much, but that initial reaction, you win the fight. You know, decisions, decisions. Dana White always says, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. But did you did you feel like the backlash that you got was warranted from some fans where it's just like, oh, he didn't win that fight, but it's like, what do you want me to do? I'm not the one scoring it. Yeah, the guys that are saying I lost the fight were the same people that are saying I had no chance. So now they just look stupid. <laughs> There's the same people saying there's no way Sean beats Peter Yan. There's no way Sean gets out of the out of the first round with Peter Yan. And then I go out there and beat him in a decision. A very, very close fight. I've watched it back multiple times. You know, depending on how you score it, you know, if you score it off damage, I believe I won the first and third round. Mm-hmm. And I and I rewatched it, and I feel like it's kind of obvious. But I could see how people. It's a very close fight. But the same people, it was the same people saying I lost. So I, I, you know, I don't really worry about that too much. Um, you know, they're haters. Yeah, I feel <laughs> Again, we're talking to Sugar Sean O'Malley here on the fight game on 1230, the game. Now, you're the de facto number one contender. I mean, that was obviously what the Peter Yan fight was for, to see who's going to be the number one contender. But now Aljo, he's got that injury. It's a little hold up. And then it's probably going to be him and Triple C after. So who, do you, who would you prefer to fight, depending on if those guys ever do? Um, it's a good question. You know, they're supposed to fight in April, uh, May. They're supposed to come fight in May, depending on Aljo's uh, bicep. If they don't, I'll fight Henry for the interim belt. And if they do fight, I'll fight whoever wins that. Aljo has also said if he wins, he might move up to 145. So mm-hmm. I could be fighting Aljo. I could be fighting Henry. If Aljo wins, if moves up, I could be fighting Cheeto or Corey. So there's a lot of different people yes. I could be fighting right now. I would love to fight Henry Cejudo. I think going out there and getting a win over a guy that has – won the Olympic gold medalist, yep, yep. Uh, you know, double champ in the UFC. To yep. go out there and get a win over him will, will, will be legendary. And, uh, you know, so I th- that's kind of the fight that I would, if I could pick any fight right now, I'd want Henry. All right, and you talk a lot. Let's talk about that legacy, man, because this 135 division is stacked at the moment. So you're moving up the ranks. Like I said, de facto number one contender, man. So I know that you, when you get that title fight, obviously there, but what do you think would be next for you in that career, man? Because you're on you're on that start on that star trajectory, but it feels like you're just at a stalemate right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I'm there. I'm not, I'm not superstar. You know that Peter Yan fight I really think put me over. I'm I'm a superstar in the UFC right now. Yeah. 
but I'm not champ. And you have to become champ mm -hmm. to kind of get that uh, that next boost. And that my next fight's for the title. I go out there and win that. You know, I'm on. I'm on. I'm already on a rocket ship. I'm on a double rocket ship, though. If I go out there and win, <laughs> and, and go out there and do what I need to do against whoever and, and win the title. So yeah, my, my plan is to go out there, win the title. I think you got to defend it a couple times um, yeah. before you move up and fight for double champ status. All right, double champ status. I mean, that's just going to be part one because he's going to be back here on Wednesday <laughs> and we'll be able to get part two with Sugar Sean O'Malley. And when we come back, we're going to be taking your calls and, Mar and Matt Lombardo. This is the fight game. It's definitely not the fight game. I, I did. It was the Sean. I was setting up the Sean interview. <laughs> it's definitely not the fight game. Well, you tell him what it is. <laughs> this is Radio Nation Radio 920. <laughs>